When you found your person, it feels like you two can do anything together. For many relationships, starting a family is part of that journey. But when you and your partner are having trouble conceiving, the physical and emotional impacts can take their toll on any relationship. Today, we will discuss how treatment can impact intimacy and connection in a relationship and offer up some strategies on how to support a partner and strengthen a relationship during this time. Joining us for this conversation are Drs. Marie Davidson and Tiffany Edwards with the Fertility Centers of Illinois, with locations throughout the Chicago area. This is the Time to Talk Fertility podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin White. So, Dr. Davidson, let's start with you. You have some special insight on how infertility impacts couples. What are some common emotional themes and reactions you see? Infertility does have a huge impact on, on couples. It's universal. It, no one escapes it. Mm-hmm. And, and commonly, I think that I see how much trouble couples sometimes have in talking to each other yeah, yeah. about the infertility. It's a volatile subject. It's sensitive area. And that creates some distance. So people who normally have a much closer intimacy connection are feeling separated and struggling with that. They're disappointed because they're not getting pregnant and they're scared because they don't know what's going to happen and they're afraid to make plans because they're tied to the treatment. So it's really stressful for couples to go through. So how are those different issues between women and men? I, I like the, the image of it being on a train. It's okay. like the couple has the same destination picked out, but they're on different timetables. So the train with the woman on it left the station a lot earlier. The so women <laughs> start to worry much sooner. They have more distress. And, and men are, you know, they're with them, but they're on that other train that left later. So they're always trying to catch up with their, where their wives are emotionally. And that creates disappointment. Again, you know, expectations not being met. You're not with me in this. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <laughs> so as the process goes on, how do you think those emotions and reactions, you know, change over time? There's research that shows that distress peaks at about a year to 18 months, assuming that you know, people are in treatment for a while. And that's when it's most intense. And that if they're continuing they start to adjust to the the routine and it becomes a little bit easier just because they're, they know what they're doing. They're more equipped to handle things like injections and ultrasounds and producing semen samples and all, you know, the rigors of treatment and they kind of adjust to it and, and tend to do a little better. But you know, that isn't true for everyone. For some people, the distress level just remains very high. Okay. Well, thank you for those answers. Dr. Edwards, let's shift the conversation a bit. What are some of the common needs between male and female partners? Typically, like when I'm working with uh, couples, what I'll sometimes see is that the uh, woman is more often than not wanting to seek the support both from the partner, but also and from others. So whether it's her mother or best friend or just that network of support. And I sometimes will oftentimes see that the male partner is really looking more for information. And so that's oftentimes one point in which they might kind of disagree just in regards to their their wanting and to seek information or support um, and from other people and feeling comfortable and sort of expressing and letting others know kind of what they're going through. 
So when talking about these needs, both the common ones and the differences, I mean, how are people struggling to get these met? I think it's really important and for couples to be on the same page um, when they're going through infertility treatment. And that includes really trying to create a space where they can be open and transparent with each other and maintaining effective and communication. I think that's really, really key. I think it's important that they don't get lost kind of in treatment itself and they make it a real strong point to stay tight as a couple and to not stop dating one another and to really to really stay focused with um, one another and maintain that effective and communication. I'm sure both of you have some really incredible stories from all your work over the years. Can you think of any patients or couples that really stood out? Dr. Edwards, let's start with you. Not one story in particular, but I think what I'm oftentimes most impressed by is couples that have gone through treatment for a fairly long time that have had some ups and downs, but they seem to come out stronger on the other end. And I just find that to be so impressive because I think there's this misconception Mm -hmm. that when you're going through treatment like that, it can oftentimes be detrimental kind of on the relationship. And while that's very true that this serves as a major stressor for many couples, it can oftentimes serve as a major linking point too and really make the relationship stronger because you're both able to essentially see strength both as individuals, but then strength as a couple also. Absolutely. That's so inspiring, I'm sure, for other couples to hear. Dr. Davidson, any stories that stick out in your mind? Yes. One couple I will never forget. They made a decision that they were going to be committed to their relationship, and they weren't going to have that be crashed into too much by the fertility treatment. And as Dr. Edwards said, that you keep that the love alive when you can pay attention to each other and and set aside time. And this couple turned part of their bedroom into their personal sanctuary. They didn't have a lot of money, but they invested in a faux fireplace and they would have appetizers and hors d'oeuvres and drinks in front of their faux fireplace once a week. or In nicer months, they would spread out a blanket and have a picnic and really have some fun with it. And I, I thought that was a genius idea and really helped them stay together as a couple in a warm way. I love that story. I feel like that's something all couples should really do, right? Would you say there's any strategies to maintaining this and besides maybe having an in-home fireplace? Well, this you know, committing to being together and having a regular time to share fears and concerns, as well as to get away from it all, you know, to go out to dinner and make a a plan not to talk about it, you know, to give yourself a break from having it always be the center of everything. And when people are really having trouble talking to each other, I, I recommend sometimes that they get a kitchen timer and they turn it on for like 10 minutes. It doesn't matter how long, but each one gets a turn to speak. It's the 10 minute rule. And when they can speak about anything and their partner can't say anything but has to listen, and then they get a turn. And it doesn't even have to be about the infertility because but what we see are couples who just aren't talking at all because everything is too sensitive. And so this sort of forces a conversation. It can backfire, but it's really seemed to be very effective with a lot of people who have tried it. 
You know, we've been talking a lot about how infertility hurts a relationship. But Dr. Davidson, I'm wondering, what are some positives to going through this? I think when when a couple can approach this as something they're going through together, you know, accept that this is what it is. We're hopeful. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We're going to be together throughout this process. And they do it as a team. They can often wind up, just as you would with any really rough life experience that you suffer together and endure, they wind up stronger as a couple. I had one couple say, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, but it's improved our marriage. That was like, wow, good for them. Mm, Absolutely. It's pretty poignant. Dr. Edwards, what would you say couples should do if, you know, you've been going through this process for a while and one partner wants to stop and one wants to keep going? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I think it can be very challenging because there is no real compromise in a situation like that. So I think that the key really is to talk through what your fears, concerns, and sort of what you ultimately want are, and just come to the conclusion that one person may need to give in. One thing that I'll typically recommend is that patients kind of take a step back. So maybe if that includes like taking some time from treatment for a little bit, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, just to kind of regroup, if you will, and kind of give thought. Because I think at times, one partner may just get tired and get kind of um, overwhelmed by it, and the other person tends to be stuck in that tunnel vision mode of just wanting to push, 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 and sort of move forward. So I think it's really important to keep those lines of communication open and, and so that each party is talking with one another and really expressing why they want to versus not wanting to continue and then just maybe taking a little bit of space to kind of regroup later. Are there any resources you would suggest to couples that are either getting ready to get into this process or maybe are in the midst of it right now? I think one resource is FCI's website. We have a lot of patient education information that is geared towards assisting couples and improving their communication and sort of listing ways and things that they may want to be thinking about. There's also the American and Society of Reproductive Medicine. They have a lot of resources that are available into couples just in regards to treatment and then in regards to issues that they may be facing as a couple as well. Dr. Davidson, any from you? I just wanted to add that it's really, it can be a very good idea to seek professional help. I mean, not everyone needs that, but it can make a lot of difference to talk to someone who has at least some background in fertility treatment and knows a little bit about it and, and the kind of stress it creates in a, in a marriage and a relationship and get some clarity about how normal this is. You know, it, it's everyone experiences some kind of stress and strain in a relationship when they're going through this. And that can be helpful and to get some professional guidance. It doesn't have to be lengthy. Even a couple of sessions can make a huge difference. All right, ladies, well, as we wrap up here, is there anything else you'd like to add? This is a really hard time to go through for couples, but no one is defined by their fertility status, and this is not permanent. There's resolution. You know, I can't tell people what it will be, but they will come out the other side. And I think our goal is, as the support people at, at Fertility Centers of Illinois is to do our best to make sure people get through this in one piece emotionally and, and get to that goal. 
Well, thank you both so much for your time and for this important information. I hope we put some couples at ease who might be going through this now. That was Dr. Marie Davidson and Dr. Tiffany Edwards with the Fertility Centers of Illinois with locations throughout the Chicago area. Find out more about what we discussed today and other fertility options on our website at fcionline.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, find more like it in our podcast library and be sure to give us a like and a follow if you do. This has been the Time to Talk Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin White. And we'll catch you next time.